Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Neil World Order Podcast. Uh, another warm week here in the Midwest. Uh, we actually finally got some rain. I was surprised by that. We I think we went nearly a month, and then we got two pretty uh, hardcore days of rain, which was, I mean, much needed. So everything maybe will go from yellow to green around here, but... Uh, only time will tell. We'll probably go another month without getting any. I don't know. It's just been so ridiculously hot. That, like I said last week, it seems like we go in cycles of what kind of weather we complain about. Mm. So a few weeks ago, I uh, was talking about how Robert Kennedy Jr. did that interview on Joe Rogan, and he explained the mainstream media's way of kind of creating narrative around things simply through repetition, whether it's like trying to kill a story, um, you know, create, I guess, what they, the public opinion on a story, you know, just doing the whole narrative thing altogether. And um, I don't know if any of you got a chance to, it's on YouTube, you can watch uh, the Rogan podcast from that day, that interview with Robert uh, F. Kennedy Jr. was amazing. Um, interview but uh there's kind of a perfect example of that going on right now which i thought was kind of fitting a couple weeks after we talked about that i'm not sure how many of you have heard of the film the sound of freedom sure a lot of you have by now it's currently the top grossing film i think it was last week actually i think this week it got passed by um shit i forgot what it was that just came out it wasn't it, it was beating indiana jones which was kind of the big thing but anyways, you know, which the Indiana Jones movie is just a lazy Hollywood release. Um, you know, I don't know, Indiana Jones and the whatever and blah, blah, blah. I, I, maybe unpopular opinion. I always found those movies hokey and never really got into them. I mean, I know, I think the hokey kind of slapstick is what it was supposed to be. But like even watching uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark some time ago like it just doesn't hold up it's like it's just bad but anyways i saw we saw the sound of freedom uh this week really powerful movie um you know it's the the movie's based on events and experiences of former homeland security agent tim ballard uh ballard was working with Homeland Security dealing with uh, child pornography cases and child exploitation cases. And more or less, um, they rescued a boy. Turns out the boy had a sister who had, who had been missing and involved in the same things. So he works to kind of free the sister and there, there's so much more to it. I don't, I don't want to kind of take away from the whole plot of it. But uh, it exposes, you know, the whole human trafficking, child sex tra- trafficking, child pornography, child exploitation thing that we all know is real and rampant in the world and maybe doesn't get talked about enough. But my issue with this film's release is countless media outlets... Uh, whether it was the Washington Post, Rolling Stone, MSNBC, CBS, CNN, are touting they've kind of been touting the film the film as QAnon propaganda, and it's just like this rallying film for the alt right, which pretty much 
you know, the alt-right used to mean something. I think it used to often refer to, like, the diehard, like, you know, what they called white supremacy and all that. Now, like, to be considered alt-right, all you have to do is have critical thinking and common sense. I think COVID changed all that. But, you know, unless, the way I see it is, unless you live under a fucking rock or you're just plain stupid, which there's tons of stupid people out there, you have the knowledge that human trafficking and child trafficking is, is a real epidemic. It's a problem in this country, and, it, and it's a problem in the world. There's no denying, um, I mean, Epstein, Maxwell, hello, you know, and although we still haven't heard who they were tra- trafficking to, and apparently the more the, the uh, victims of the Epstein, Mac, this is a separate thing, were awarded uh, a bunch of money from J.P. Morgan Chase, which is another thing you're not going to hear about because it was kept under the wraps that was paid to the victims because a lot of the things Epstein did was bankrolled by J.P. Morgan Chase. But anyways, so why is the left-leaning media and Hollywood so anti this film? Like, I, I think that's the big question we should be asking. Um and maybe, maybe I'm foolish to assume that all of us left, right, red, blue can agree that sexual exploitation of children is an, it's a horrendous atrocity. And those who commit such acts should be burnt at the stake, right? Like, I, you know, or maybe have something even worse done to them. I, I don't think there's any way to advocate for these horrible things that happen. You know, and I guess my issue is why wouldn't our leftist friends join the rallying cry that innocent children should be protected, saved, and and have a voice when it comes to the the horrors of that which is, you know, the whole child, human, sex traffic, traffic in general um, movement. And, you know, and it makes me scratch my head. and And I talk about this with my wife sometimes, you know, and I think certain things keep me from arguing with people of different um, viewpoints and stuff. I mean, a lot of it comes down to, you know, low aptitude people. There's no point in arguing with them, you know, because you're not, it's it's like trying to teach your dog algebra. You're never going to do it. So what what's the point of going over and over and over again with, you know, Rover here trying to teach him algebra? He's not going to learn it. He just doesn't have the aptitude. But we get told by the people on the left, that they think guns are killing children, like, everywhere, and that schools aren't safe. But, you know, so many of them are mum on the whole topic of sex trafficking. You know, and just to put it in perspective, this year alone, 85,000 migrant children who came across the border illegally are currently missing and or unaccounted for. That's a number from the federal government, uh... You know, and the government's role in this could be one of the darkest chapters in our history. This current administration's lenient policies on border security and immigration are largely to blame for this increasingly large number of missing children. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. Um, Presidential candidate, uh, current Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, believes this to be the largest human smuggling operation in U.S. history. Senator Josh Hawley has called for the FBI to fully investigate the dep- the Department of Homeland Security and he- Department of Health and Human Services. Hawley said we need to find out 
what happened to these kids and where where they are and were they deliberately or negligently turned the or were these children de- deliberately or negligently turned over to smugglers you know and here's i like numbers for someone who's bad at math i i do like numbers since sleepy joe took office there have been an astounding 5,118,161 encounters with illegal immigrants at the U.S. southern border. That's larger than most major major metropolitan cities in this country. The situation at the, at the border, it's, it's completely out of control, according to anyone who has been physically there, who is working there, you know, and yet the White House thinks it's an overreaction by the right that we just talk about to rally votes. Um, you know, and of the 70,000 encounters that have been reported reported with children this year, many have reported being raped or forced and exploited into brutal labor to work off their debt, the debt that they accure by being smuggled in or led to the U.S. border by coyotes or whatever, by criminal cartels who actually control the Mexican side of the U.S. border. You know, and I I think what this film was trying to do is bring awareness. You know, and it's not comfortable to talk about, which, you know, when I hear that, I'm like, okay, that's what our friends on the left tried to tell us, that how we were... That was our issue with dealing with the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. It's it's uncomfortable to talk about race relations. I think the mainly the thing that, un- that made race relations uncomfortable to talk about is that we were being fed a bunch of nonsense and told things that weren't true, and people were burning down cities because police killed criminals, and you know the media was trying to tell you you know my the whole my baby didn't do nothing story. But anyways, so the film. The Sound of Freedom, it was actually shot and, you know, completed in 2018 uh, with 20th Century Studios. And it was originally, I believe, slated for a 2019 release. But Disney acquired 20th Century Fox and then they shelved the film. You know, no surprise there, kind of given Disney's interest in grooming children and their ties to constantly and consistently promoting alternative lifestyles and choices and aligning with the whole alphabet mafia thing and all that and uh, their blatant disregard for common sense and good people. But I, I guess this is, you know, is the way to say it, more or less, that uh, in March of this year, the film's director convinced Angel Studios to purchase the distribution rights of this film, hence why it is now, in theatrical lease some five years later, you know, and hang on just a second. I'm sorry. So, anyways, uh, the, it's the like I said, the film has just now been released uh, a couple weeks now. You know, and back to the aside from the eighty five thousand migrant children, and this is all stuff that gets talked about in the film, and you know, is kind of stuff that you don't hear about in news. It's on average, it is believed that 109,000 children that are reported missing each year in the U.S. are being trafficked. We do not ever hear about this, do we? Like all of June or anytime there was some bill being passed or talked about that 
the lefties thought would affect gay, trans youth, or people, whatever. We were told that these people are literally dying in the streets, that they're constantly killing each other, that they're victims of hate crime, yada, 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 though, like, I have not seen anything in my local... I'm not saying it doesn't happen, I'm just saying numbers don't lie. You know, so... And if you look at the numbers, and like I said, because I actually believe numbers matter, 5,000 children, kids, commit suicide in the U.S. each year. That's all children, race, creed, orientation, gender, yada, yada. And while my personal belief is one child's suicide is way too much, I want to touch on some numbers because if we're going to have a real conversation, we have to deal with real facts. There's 73 million kids in the United States, 5,000 suicides. That's a rate of less than 1% of all suicides in this country. Like I said, number's still way too high. Yet, if the LGBTQ whatever percent is just 2% of that, that is an even smaller number. Because we're talking a number that's smaller than 1% for starters. And if you do your own research, you will kind of see that they try to hide the actual numbers all over the internet. By using statistical probability, not actual facts. By saying, oh, one in five suicides with children are blah, blah, blah. They won't give you the actual numbers because it's such a very small number of children. And honestly, if we were even to throw in the adult percentage of LGBTQ suicides on top of that, the number would not grow enough to even be a talking point anywhere. And like I said, any child suicide is one too many. You know, and now you look at... 109,000 children that are that are uh, 109,000 that are part of the reported missing that's another issue because that's 21 times the amount of children that are affected by suicides and that isn't you know it, it's not a regular talking point anywhere on on any news broadcast, on any form of program, you know, and I'm, I'm troubled by that, like how we don't talk about this child trafficking, missing children, exploitation issue, because during the pandemic, and I hate using that word because it was a pandemic, we were getting up to the second death toll, scrolling through the bottom of our TV sets like we were watching baseball tonight on ESPN. And, and like I said, it, it, it didn't matter. Like those numbers... You know, there's no integrity to those numbers, especially the first six months or anything. Like, you get hit by a car, but you sneeze right before it hits you up, COVID death. You know, but yet this pandemic of missing and exploited children, it's hardly spoke of unless there's an amber alert. And then it's only for a few days, you know. And like I said, I think perhaps it's this horror of what exists in the world. Maybe it's just simply too uncomfortable for the masses or maybe the mainstream media cannot afford to show these things and have the public rise up and try to change this i mean think about the silly george floyd video we saw that shit over and over and over again to the point where there's plenty of people out there that believe the police killed this guy died of a drug overdose it's in the the medical it's a fact we saw riots that ensued after that we heard the media call violent rioters and looters peaceful, at, with fires going on behind them and violence behind them. So now that same media calls this film fiction and belittles the message. 
you know, and you got to ponder and you're like, why? You know, why, why would you, and, and devil's advocate, what, even if it was the events were fiction, but we all know this stuff happens. So why wouldn't we want to do anything in our power to, to stop it, to bring awareness, to get everybody on the same page that, hey, this needs to end. Our children, you know, we don't need to be in fear for our children that these God-fucking-awful things could happen to them. You know, and, and when I see this from the media, you know, and it's consistent. You know, like I said, Rolling Stone, Washington Post. It, there's probably a newscast going on right now talking about this film in a negative light. You know, and maybe that their attitude towards this lends some credibility to the whole elite being a sea of depraved pedophiles. I mean, they're not doing a whole lot right now to prove they aren't. And, you know, sometimes it's important to listen to what people say. Sometimes it's more important to listen to what they don't say. You know, and look at it like this. Why would Netflix and Amazon both refuse to make the film available on their platforms? You know, Netflix was pitched the film, I think, in 2020. And uh, when they were trying to get it moved and distributed, and they said, you know, it's not for us. Um, Amazon said something similar. You know, and, and you think and you're like, are is there really an argument to be made that Netflix is picky about the content they choose to have on their site? I mean, I've, I've had Netflix forever. I ha still have Netflix. There's a lot of garbage on there. There's even alphabet mafia categories, you know, but a film trying to bring attention to child trafficking and exploitation, that's where they draw the line and say, nah, that's not for us. Then you have Amazon. Same thing, tons of programming. And you take Amazon as a shopping network who sells everything from computers to sex stalls to recreations of porn stars' buttholes that you can buy and fuck in the leisure of your own home. So they're not operating on some moral high ground either. You know, so you ask yourself, why? There's tons of shit on there they know nobody's going to watch anyways on both platforms. Why wouldn't they distribute? distribute this film you know were they worried that there was some blowback from disney who had already shelved the film for nearly five years like I, these are questions that you really really want to know the answers to you ha even have it as far as right now you have people going out and saying that the people who helped create the film are linked to trafficking and that this is a complete over exaggeration and you know it's like their middle finger to the people against us by saying, hey, we're a part of it, you know. And it, and it's this constant question I have is why do people not want to confront this problem? You know, and like I said, I'm, I'm listening to what people aren't saying. And I think about how during the pandemic, everyone in any form of power municipality was trying to do their own thing to solve the COVID issue, which was really a non-issue unless you were over 65 and had extenuating health circumstances. They shut the fucking country down. We still haven't fiscally recovered from that nonsense. Not the virus, the measures people took to try to control everything. 
you know, and I look at the sex trafficking, you know, human trafficking in general, and I'm like, how is this not something that unites us all? And I think we all agree that tra the trafficking and sexual exploitation of children is horrendous and that it needs to end. You know, and like I said, that those who commit these atrocities should suffer a horrible slow death. Yet we still have the CNNs, the MSNBC, Rolling Stones, The Guardian, and all these media outlets denying this terrible crisis is real. And it's a head-scratcher. You know, you could sit for days, maybe months, weeks, years, and try to figure out why people think they do. We hear from politicians all the time about stuff and silly organizations like BLM, GLAD, NAACP, and so many others about, they're always talking about humanitarian crisis. They've, they've even tried to sell us this sham that the Ukraine-Russia war is a humanitarian crisis instead of just the money laundering scam that it is. And that doesn't fall straight on the, the Democrats. The Republicans are trying to sell that shit too in Ukraine. As you saw uh, Mike Pence get annihilated by Tucker Carlson to the point where there's probably no point where Mike Pence will ever be able to hold any form of office in this country again, and that's great. But anyways... Yet when there's an actual crisis, one that doesn't involve criminal, criminals or the mentally ill, it seems like the politicians, the media, they're silent, you know, and they kind of live in denial. You know, they crawl back into their holes. And I feel like we as a people, and, you know, they kind of talk about this at the end of the film, is we have to refuse to accept this from our media, our politicians, and all the news outlets. And... I've said this for years, that if people were smart, they'd burn every media outlet to the ground. And I mean it, to the fucking ground, to where there was none of them. There's no good ones. They're all bad, from Fox to CNN to, you know, PBS to the AP. What it, It's all shit. You know, and, and like I said, this shouldn't be a right-left thing, a Christian thing. I think this is simply doing what's right. It's good versus evil. You know, and there's so much evil in the world, people. There really is. Fuck. I know you don't want to hear this, but there's evil in your neighborhood right now. And I don't know what kind of evil it is. And maybe you do, and maybe you know exactly where it lives. But it, it, it gets to a point. It's whether you choose to see it, and then whether you choose to do something about it. Because sometimes complacency is the same as doing it because you're just letting it happen you know and you know i i just i don't get it you know but i encourage people go out and see this film um it was a great film you can actually see it for free they had you know they had they didn't want anyone not to see this film just because of financial reasons so they have a site where you can buy purchase tickets for other people to go see the film but it, it's it it's a good film, and, um, you know, I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on it. I've had people ask me, you know, after we talked about seeing it, you know, and I kind of said, okay, you know, yeah, go see it. It's, you know, but be prepared. There's a lot of insinuation. It's not as graphic as maybe you would think, but the insinuation is there. And, you know, if it makes you uncomfortable, it's supposed to. It's, you shouldn't be comfortable with what's going on. 
But, uh, uh, you know, and like I was just saying, you think everyone in the world would get behind ending this terrible thing. But apparently the uh, state assembly in California decided to vote no on Bill SB 14, which would have made human trafficking a felony and punishable under their three strikes law, which results in life in prison. And I think a lot of you are familiar with the three strikes program. I think it's three major felonies by a person and in California and they get life in prison. It, it creates accountability. You know, accountability is important. And, and this would have added human trafficking to the list. And this was a bipartisan bill. Uh, the vote was shocking to a lot of the politicians and the trafficking survivors who were actually on hand and helped promote the bill. The no vote on this bill was so shocking that clown-ass governor of California, Newsom, had to step in and say the outcome was very disappointing to him and he's looking at what his office can do to get a measure like this passed, you know, and the fact that human trafficking is even considered a minor crime in the state of California, I, I guess it should be no surprise. I mean, look at California, you know, people shitting in the streets. Uh, think about what we talked about last week. Uh, you know, and even Wilders, California leads the United States in human trafficking cases, and it's actually considered a large hub in the global human trafficking crisis. So, you know, what's, what is the, what's the end game? How do we fix this? You know, how do we get everybody to think, hey, man, this is bad. Now, I know there's, there's so many problems in the country, so many problems in the world. But I think this would, you know, move to the top of the list very quick. And I'd also think if Newsom is planning on running for president at any time that not getting this bill passed is going to be a huge wrinkle in his campaign, you know. But like I said, for years, Democrats have been mum on child sex crimes and trafficking, and they have shown no interest or believe that there's no issues at the southern border, you know, despite all the horrific stories that come from there. And, and I think the border is a huge part of it. Like, that, there's, there's where we, we fix some of the problem. We have sent like 20 times the amount of money to Ukraine that Trump wanted to build the wall that they said was too expensive. Uh, I don't think you can put a price on protecting our country. And like I said, a country without borders isn't a country. It needs to have borders. Every other nation in the world has borders. Um, most countries, if you sneak into it, they will shoot you. They will imprison you. You know, here we give you health care, college, free housing, and a cell phone. Uh, but then your kids go missing, apparently. But uh, I, I, I don't know, you know. And it's, it's frustrating, you know. I, I, I see it on social media. A lot of people are frustrated by this, you know. And, you know, maybe it's bad on all of us because we've all known this was an issue. For years, you know, maybe longer than that, you know, and it shouldn't have taken a film to open our, you know, may, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe we need to see, hear, touch, feel, smell, whatever. Um, <clears throat> and it's, you know, it's gut-wrenching to think of, one, the victims, you know, whether that be said children, the families, you know, and that there are these people out there that are willing to commit these atrocities just because they're fucking sick, you know, and I think... 
it comes back to accountability. And, you know, when people do certain things, punishment needs to fit the crime. End of story. I would execute any pedophile, rapist, murderer, trafficker. Like, a lot of people say they hate prisons. I hate prisons, too, because I think if you have to be locked in a box for more than 10 years, we should just kill you. And I know that people are like, oh, that's awful, and some people are innocent. There's more guilty people in there than innocent people. Death Row isn't littered with innocent people like Dateline NBC would have you believe. A lot of those people are there for a reason, and the reason is they're guilty. Or they were close enough to guilty, they did something else, they put them, there's very few people that were walking the straight and narrow that ended up on death row. That's a fact. You don't like it? I I can't make you like it. Uh, Switching gears and wrapping up. This week's music, which is really taking a 180 here, a great song. It's called This Damn Song, uh, brought to you by the band Pecos and the Rooftops. A close-knit group of friends from Northeast Texas. They uh, got together while they were in college in Lubbock, which I think would probably be Texas A&M. Their, their sound is kind of raw. Um, you know, it's kind of like a southern rock country thing. Uh, the lead singer's name is actually Pecos Hurley, so that's where um, the band name comes from. But uh, they released their, this, this damn song in uh, April of 2019. I, I love the song. I, I randomly heard it shuffling on a Pandora station once. And I was like, man, who sings that song? I really I really want to hear that. And, um, yeah, so I started checking them out. They have one album. I think it's only, it may be like an EP. It's only like eight or nine songs. Really good stuff. If you see these guys, you would not expect them to make the music that they make. But it's really good. Um, it's drinking music, definitely. This damn song is probably one of my favorite songs I've heard in a long time. I just think it's a song everybody can kind of listen to and be like, yeah, I get that. I get what he's singing. And as you're drinking a bottle of bourbon, you know, or a glass of bourbon, if you're drinking a whole bottle, you get a lot of problems. Uh, tonight, uh, speaking of bourbon, I opened my bottle of Castle and Key Small Batch, which is, um, it's 103 proof. I got this when we were down in uh, Kentucky. I think we talked about it on the uh, bourbon episode about my trip. Castle and Key was one of the coolest um, distilleries I had, you know, we saw while we were down there, just the uh, old bones of the old Taylor distillery. This uh, packs a little bit of heat. I mean, it's 103 proof, which I don't think I noticed when I bought it. Uh, Brandon and I were talking. He, I got him the uh, weeded small batch, and I got the regular Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And he had said even the weeded were strong. So I was like, wow, if the weeded's strong, this one's going to be really strong. And by strong, I mean that little hug you get when you drink it where you're like, woo, a little heat to it. Um, very good. Uh, this is actually the master distiller at Castle and Key is, I believe it's Marianne Kearns. She's the only female master distiller in the country. At, at the time of this release, it was, this was, what does this bottle say? I'm sorry. This was actually a 2023 release. Castle and Key is very new, so it means like they made this product. It sat for four years, and uh, here we are. But um, highly recommend it. It's expensive. 
Um, you know, down there at the distillery, it's like $50, $55. I've seen it on the shelves for 85 They also have uh, the Restoration Rye, which I have a bottle of. Uh, I've not opened that yet. We'll probably save that for a future um, Bourbon Sessions podcast, which I know I talked about we were going to do it on the 23rd. Uh, that's probably actually going to move. My parents are going to be here. Uh, and I just think the logistics of trying to get that done with visitors will be kind of hard. And I don't want anything to be rushed or kind of like blah, 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 blah. So I may see what we can do and when we can do it. But there's going to be more episodes of that. We all love doing it. It's just you're trying to balance four people's schedules, you know, four families, <laughs> a lot of things going on, especially in the summer. Um, mm. This is good stuff. Even a lot of times I don't like the stuff with the heat, but this is very good. But uh, that's all I got tonight, folks. If you get a chance, like I said, go out and see The uh, Sound of Freedom. Excellent movie. I mean, I, I don't think there's a lot of good movies even out right now. Um, I saw the the preview for Oppenheimer. That looked pretty good. There's the, actually like a Hollywood writer, an actor, whatever strike. So come fall, we're probably not going to have anything to watch anyways. So be prepared for more terrible game shows and reality TV because that's usually what you get when the actors and writers decide to strike because apparently they don't make enough money. So, as always, thank you all for tuning in. Pleasure to be here, and we'll see you next week. Later.